Hello there. You're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft. And I'm your host, Connor Beckett. One month ago, on the eve of their summer tour, I was incredibly blessed to sit down with the rowdy garage rock band Ben Steller, a five-piece outfit that I've admired for a long time. Mainly because I feel the project has always been marked by a comfortably chameleonic quality. I use that descriptor namely due to the fact that their sound has always maintained a dynamism that's necessary to staying in the biz as long as they have, shifting from lo-fi buzz to cleaner cut indie and back again and so forth in a manner that provides constant groove while simultaneously providing space for experimentation. Over the course of a half hour and change, we chatted about last year's Nihilist EP, its companion extended play dropping later this year, hitting the road after 2020's Maladies, and which member of the band is most equipped to fight Julian Casablanca's in single combat. Along the way, the band found time to record a couple of in-studio performances, including two cuts they haven't yet dropped. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did, because I truly couldn't think of a better band to open this new season of Local Bops. Take a listen. I watch the needle jump The engine makes the evening flow It's a moral slow I am very pleased to be joined in the Local Bob studio by Layla, Sam, Nico, Nando, and Skylar of Ben Steller. Ben Steller, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Robin. Thanks, Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thank you. So, first I wanted to ask, um, how are you all doing? You still buzzing from the tour kickoff show last night, as well as the after party at Gold Sounds. Also, that seems to be kind of a favorite local haunt of y'all's. So, I imagine it was nice together with uh, it was nice to get together with some friends and fans from the local scene right before you hop on the road with the catcher. Totally. Yeah. It was awesome. Feel great. Great. Feeling good. Feeling good? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What led to y'all being gravitate, like gravitating towards that bar in particular, I want to say? Because, you know, I was there for the... Well, we were all there, I imagine, at the, <laughs> at the show uh, last month yeah. um, where, uh, where you were also playing with catcher. Yeah. Um, but, it was, but when you said that you were doing the after party there, I was like, all right, they must have a special affinity <laughs> to this particular local dive. Yeah, I think for one thing, I mean, we started hanging out there once we <clears throat> became friends with catcher because they're, they're, they're relatively new here. We... we played gold sounds back in the day when we were nando's backing band. oh my god that was um, hilarious it wasn't i don't know it wasn't cool back then yeah i, I didn't think much of it um it was yeah, like a showcase from like my like music school so like mm. not very cool you know it was also during the day it was yeah i played at like six not like even. from four to six or that, something that is real cocktail lounge hours right <laughs> there one of our worst shows for sure <laughs> definitely but in the past <laughs> we like redeemed ourselves in the past like couple months um we like became really close to the people who own the place and the bartender there and it's it's Shout like to fred it's like it's like the perfect place to play because the sound like the room where you play live is really sick mm-hmm. and then outside it's like a really cool community and um i'm glad like it's sort of become like a little hub i mean i don't want to blow the spot <laughs> for to say but it's become kind of like a little hub for um catcher and us and like a few other bands that do do similar music as us so yeah. it's been cool yeah, yeah. I'm going to redact um, the name of the bar and post yeah. um, just for non-Patreon subscribers you know, so, the, so, the, so the normies don't end up. Uh, this, yeah. is a, this is a question for the whole group, but I wanted to ask, like, are there any particular facets about this tour or just touring in general that you're excited for? Because, you know, it's been a minute since lots of bands got to hit the road and there's this palpable energy at lots of shows in New York City already. 
So I'm certain that's going to make for some great live performances around the, around the country. But I don't know if there like if there were any like facets of being on the road or any shows in particular cities that you were excited about hitting. Um, I uh, well, we've never toured before. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, well, Layla has. Layla toured with uh, No Vacation as mm. a drummer a few years ago. But so she's got a leg up on us. But um, we, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm excited for LA. We're playing with a cool band, uh, Cryo Geyser. Mm. Um, and then obviously Detroit will be very cool. Um, because we have some some friends and fans there. Um, and then. I think the shows in Texas are going to be crazy because that's where Catcher's yeah. from. So we're yeah. playing a, a spot called 21st Street Co-op, which I've heard is like mental. Yeah. Um, so I'm really ex- I'd say those are the ones I'm most excited for. And to answer the other question, you have like facets of touring. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, we were just all really dying to tour, just yeah. period. That was like something we'd talk about all the time. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know, I think especially after COVID, it kind of just like we're just really dying to play things and to just travel and to like experience new things after you get out of like the, you know, the COVID rhythm of doing the same thing every day. It's like, Mm -hmm. I like needed to do it. (laughs) Like if I wasn't touring, I would just be, I would probably be like road tripping by myself or something like that. Like, um, so we're just amped to like be a proper functioning band doing band things, you know? Mm -hmm. I think like one of the best parts is just like meeting all the different people and just seeing like, all these people coming together for like one thing like i don't know it's very gratifying like even if it's like a small show and there's not that many people there like the fact that like there are people there in general is like it always blows my mind i'm like kind of like why are you here like not in like a bad way no but it's just like i don't think i'll ever understand like yeah. you know like, no it's like it's like it's you could crazy. do you could do anything tonight and yet you are here yeah, yeah. like you're here yeah exactly yeah yeah so it's really cool yeah yeah and you get to experience that over and over and over yeah, again exactly. on their own yeah just take the take the band nationwide so um let's talk a little bit about the most recent ep nihilist which came out this past october you know thematically i feel like this release grapples with a lot of themes over four tracks alone uh most notably maturity some metaphysical quandaries and of course nihilism sonically it also resonates as a bit rougher around the edges leaning more into the garage rock sound in my opinion would you mind walking me through like sort of the writing and recording process of this effort in the context of everything that happened in this past year i know for a lot of bands they had um some stuff in the vaults that precluded the yeah. the pandemic, but I wasn't sure if there was a any sort of way in which you know the the specific nuttiness of last year played into what we what we heard on that EP. It's it's interesting because that whole so uh, we had two, we have two EPs, one of which has been released and one of which is yet to come, uh, and they were originally going to be a full album that we recorded the summer of what was it twenty nineteen yeah twenty nineteen um, with Lucas Carpenter. <clears throat> And I think, especially once the pandemic came, we realized, uh, one, we didn't want to put out an album. We got, like, a lot of advice from people to sort of save the first album thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, is we, like, once we started getting back together and working on new stuff, we kind of realized our sound has evolved in a lot of different directions. And so we... Or sorry, in like one new, very particular direction. Um, And so we really want our first like proper statement to be something that, you know, in the moment we're all like, we can confidently say like, this is who we are as a band. Not to say that Nihilist, you know, isn't isn't an important EP to us, because it is. And like, we're we're still very enthused about those songs. We still play those songs live. Um, So it was somewhat of an unorthodox process of of it coming together. Um, and then to talk about the themes you're talking about, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, 
our lyrics, especially when Sam and I are working, we really like to talk about like philosophy stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of one, I study philosophy, but Sam and I kind of just always are talking about philosophy stuff and, you know, not like what, like lame, like armchair, like waxing poetic or whatever, but um, it's just like, it's kind of difficult not to talk about if you're like always, you know, with your friends. Um, so that was like a definitely like a big theme about it about all the record and especially i mean it we got lucky when covid happened because it sort of contextualized really well during like the pandemic so yeah yeah and i feel like that's heard a lot like you know if there's any sort of philosophical or uh <laughs> criticism of of dialectical materialism not to get too big brained on uh, on the listeners nice. of the podcast but like i was like okay thank you uh, I, I also went to college um <laughs> i think we i think we hear that a lot on uh, on the track louis 14th um in particular um because i feel like there are parallels between you know uh obviously obviously you're evoking like a specific type of material or economic conditions through the name of the song but there's also parallels to like what's going on today or perhaps that's the way that i read into it and i might be completely off base you're spot on you're right yeah we wrote i wrote like the lyrics to that is uh i wrote those right after trump got elected so they were written like a long time ago um but the song isn't specifically about trump it's just kind of like i kind of like like I was reading a lot about like the French Revolution and shit like that at times, and I kind of noticed how like in history it's like you always get like a period where everything's calm, and then it's like a demagogue who like takes over, and like people want to be like told what to do by him, and that's such like a crazy thing to say because most of the time people don't want to be told what to do, but there's certain people who like you know you become like totally like submissive, and especially like in Michigan where Sam and I are from, seeing like the Trump thing really take on there that like inspired that song mm-hmm. mostly, yeah. Yeah. Well, that said, uh, let's turn our ears to the first track that Ben Steller will perform tonight here in the local Bob studio. Louis the Fourteenth from last year's Nihilist EP. Check it out right here, right now on Local Bops. <laughs>
and we're back. We've got Ben Steller in the studio on the eve of their North American tour departure. I was wondering if y'all would be down for a quick game, which I've lazily titled the newly banned game, where I pose a hypothetical quandaries and you respond with the band member who you think is most likely to find themselves in said pickle. So the way this works is I'll throw out a question and whoever feels the spirit move them to answer can shout out which band member you think fits into the situation that I'm describing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. Sounds good. So I'm going to start with an easy one. Uh, who's most likely to provide the wrong direction when driving the tour van? Skylar. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's definitely me. Yeah. 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 Uh, why is that? Let's elaborate. It literally just oh, happened yeah. around the block. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we missed this place. But he's like, really good at like pretending like he didn't. He's like, uh, uh, yeah, we'll just yeah, hang it right. Yeah. We'll hang it right. We he passed like ten minutes ago. Yeah. Pretty well. That's that's my. I'm incredibly confident about directions, yeah. but but really bad at them. Yeah. So it's like that mixture that makes it. <laughs> it's a yeah. deadly combination. It's like I'm, I'm, I think I'm so good, but I'm I'm really bad. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Second one. Uh, which band member is most likely to run a secret meme page about DIY music? Skylar. Skylar. Also Skylar. I would again. say Sam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely Sam. Sam is the memer of the group. Like, Sam is you know, like, Sky Sam, ran, Sky ran Sam's a meme actually page. a comedian. Like I actually. No, yeah. No. no he, Sam's you really make, funny. You are funny. Sam's, yeah. <laughs> Sam's TikToks. You should check out his. My, TikToks. I, yeah. I, yes. And Wait, I, yeah. Don't. I was meaning to bring that up today. Yeah. That <laughs> if you could check out my TikTok, Sam Slocum Zero. I feel like none of us because we're not really i wouldn't consider like the bands we play with diy per se mm-hmm. so maybe it'd be more like we we do make memes about like new york bands i won't name the one name which ones but we, we definitely <laughs> oh, yeah there's we, some good ones we make some verbal memes so just yeah no, would, we've made a couple of physical memes yeah so you and i we, we, yeah, we pressed them actually yeah them. i know it would be it, me and sky and it team. has been me yeah. and sky yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's a that's a backup plan if this band yeah. should never oh yeah, yeah. Right. we'd be good we'd be yeah. good yeah. uh sam tell me a little bit about this tiktok oc i want to hear about this original content what's what's going on um, over on your page i uh well i i guess i can recently I, the best way to describe it was that something happened recently where i i met sky and i skyworks as an assistant for a model and she we had to move um, a bunch of paintings and art um from a gallery space to another space mm-hmm. anyway so and that we are not art movers um and so it took a really long time and we were in this gallery kind of warehouse space and it was getting really hot so we took our shirts off and I, I had scissors in my hand because we were cutting bubble wrap, and then we were starting. We were we were just getting a little bit slap happy, so we were starting to do things that would just make each other laugh. And I started saying, I started belting um, animals by neon trees, like j- like in the most musical theater voice possible. And um, Sky was like, "That's a TikTok," and so he just filmed me. And then po- I posted it, and it kind of blew up. Um, like the like, it, it, I I don't know. Well, here's the thing: is I it got taken down because it it broke the community <laughs> guideline of uh, endangering minors. Um, <laughs> what? Wait, scissors and no shirt. I think oh. It's you holding the scissors. It's, it's me. Like, it's like me holding the scissors, yeah. and and all the com- I think the algorithm got it because it because all the comments were like. Why, why do I feel like I'm like tied to a chair watching this? <laughs> and like, and then like, is this a threat? And like yeah. stuff like that. And so, uh, but when it got taken down, it, I, I think it had like fifty thousand views. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So you know that definitely got my numbers up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Mo- moving on to the third question: <clears throat> Which band member is most likely to wear a piece of clothing that was designed by Carhartt to their own wedding? Oh man, probably Sky. me. Yeah. Probably me. I do. I'm wearing wear Carhartt right car. now. Although um, there, you know, I, that's Dickies. I've been OG oh, no. Carhartt. There was a time where yeah. Sky had these Dickies that he just—they yes. really went through everything, and he like 
was down bad. He had me so a patch. <laughs> down bad. Down bad. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm that's crazy. Dropped, just buy a new pair. He walked to my apartment to drop off a pair of dickies with like a hole in the back. It was like, hey, do you think you could like sew this? And I was like, sure. And I just like patched it up. But it was like the thinnest piece of cloth. Yeah. That it was like the hardest no. thing. But yeah, you could have just bought a new pair. But it was. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, you know, I will say about Carhartt. Uh, oh, you know, I've been into Carhartt for for a while now because they're from Detroit, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people will know that. But it's a Michigan <laughs> brand. I mean, you see, like, spreading a good porn. word. It kind of blew my mind when I started seeing like Kanye West and be like that wearing Carhartt because, like, if you in Michigan, if you just like go to a construction site, like everybody was wearing Carhartt things. So, anyways, yeah. if you go to any construction the, site, I think people are wearing Carhartt. Yeah, I'm really into yeah, construction yeah. core. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's like some old meme where it was like, "Don't cop the new work in progress if you haven't harvested a whole field of barley." Like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's how I believe. Uh, yeah. All right, and the last question I have: Who in Ben Stiller? Is best equipped to fight Julian Casablancas in a one-on-one fist fight. Me. Yeah, Layla. Me. Oh, yeah, definitely Layla. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It's definitely 100%. me. Well, Layla recently <laughs> said that she could. What did you say? She, I, you I, could I, fight. Most, I could most take people, any you know. NYU girl could, who doesn't <laughs> live in Brooklyn. Okay, no, that's, <laughs> that's not what I said. I just I have confidence. Like you mm-hmm. know, I just like yeah. know that you know I'm not a fighter. I actually have never been in a fight other than like with my sister when we were kids but mm-hmm. i just like have Still this confidence counts. yeah that does count. they were really real but i just have this confidence <laughs> that like you know if i was posed with a threat like i would survive but julian casablancas yeah, if he was if he was imagine? a threat <laughs> i would definitely survive okay, nice, yeah. nice 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 <laughs> all right enough. thus ends the newly banned game the most contentious part of this interview so let's pivot nice. for a sec um oh. we'll talk a little bit about the band's history now sam and skyler you'd obviously started this project already when you had moved to new york and Nando and Nico, the two of you joined the band, if I understand correctly, through a rooming together, like a, a, yeah. a roommate situation. Yeah. And Layla, you joined the band through a chance meeting on a rainy day on the street. Could, nice. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. did, did my research. Did Nar- research. Nardwar is my inspiration. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could you speak to that sort of transitionary period of this project and how those like sort of initial practice sessions like sort of shaped or changed this project into what we hear today? And I, and I guess this kind of ties into what you were talking about earlier, Sky, because you said that the band is still kind of changing. But yeah. if you could walk me through, I guess, those two changes, those two epochs in the, in the band's history, that would be great. Because I'm just kind of curious as, it, how, yeah. as to how things have changed over time. Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, Sam and I have been making music together for a long time now. Um, and we had a band back in, we were still in high school in Michigan, uh, but I think Sam and I were both very enthusiastic about moving to New York and the prospect of doing better music in New York. So uh, we're here, and I mean, we're still tight with the old band, but we obviously came and we needed to get new people. Mm-hmm. And we lived on uh, the music floor at NYU. You could, like, as like a freshman, you could, like, pick, like, special interest housing. And that's how we met Nando and Nico. Um, and we met Layla, yeah, out on the street outside of a puzzle show. Yeah. <laughs> Baby's all right. Um, but to talk about the transitionary period, I think the biggest thing was, like, all of a sudden we were in a place where we could play a lot of shows, and that was really new to us. And, like, you know, before Sam and I were always just making music in our rooms, but now we would be pretty much cur- make, making sets just to play live. Um, and that kind of really sort of changed the kind of music we were making. Um, and then to talk about the, I guess, second transition, I mean, I guess it's not nearly as, as big of like a sea change as that was. But right, yeah. The biggest thing was uh, the pandemic. And I think we, you know, just as we started making music more, we realized that we wanted to start making things that didn't so much like adhere to like our influences or influences that we used to have. And we really wanted to do something that we could say is like legitimately our own. 
um, and that's what we did, and it's been working out really well. Um, we got a practice space, like a monthly spot uh, in Brooklyn, or sorry, in Ridgewood, and that kind of became, you know, we would go there every day and just like throw around whatever, and eventually we stumbled upon songs that we really dig and we really like i'm i'm very much more enthusiastic about than i've been about any other uh, any of the other stuff we've done in the past yeah I was, i'm kind of curious about what this this uh this new sound is we've kind of been talking around it and obviously this is like my big qualm with music journalism in general it's because you don't you don't fucking read about music you listen to it but like you know we're talking about it a little bit like how do you feel like you talk about kind of if I understand it correctly, you know, maybe unlearning some of those previous influences or, or developing your own sound. Could you talk to that a little bit more in terms of like the cross collaborative process and like what you did, like to really kind of arrive at this new Ben Stellar sound and like, you know, like I, I think, un, I think it's impossible to unlearn the influences, yeah. but I think that uh, what you're describing that active process of collaborating and trying to make something different is something that a lot of bands struggle with. And so I was wondering if you could talk about that. I think, I think a uh, kind of a, difference is also like we were you know we started um when i first joined the band i wasn't really making music with them i was just playing and you know we started kind of like eventually like a few of our songs were like oh this started on a jam um and we still demo it out eventually in logic but like now we've just started like we're just very much like no like we're not even gonna demo it out like with like midi drums or whatever we're just gonna you know, keep practicing the songs as a band. Like, all these songs, like, are not demoed out yet. We have, like, maybe, like, 20 or so, like, and still, like, workshopping them as five people. And it's crazy. Like, it's, like, you know, one of us will be, like, no, the chorus should be half as long. Like, no, this should be, like, that. Like, what's up with the tone? Like, we're we're psycho. But, um, <laughs> like, I think another part of, like, the developing the sound was um, kind of, like, trying to explain not limit ourselves so much to like this guitar pedal sound mm-hmm. um, yeah. Skylar has been shopping like you know been like losing his money over guitar new guitar pedals and all every like two months he buys a new one um, I got this new yeah I mean like I was exploring with some new pedals too and Nico also so I think like we yeah. just kind of expanded from there you know mm-hmm. i think that was definitely a big part of it is is being more conscious of how we use our instruments like that's the best way i can put it is like i feel like stuff we've done in the past um the instruments themselves were kind of just like like a rudimentary tool like if that makes any sense but we've really like especially like nando and i like we've like really tried to like become proper like guitar players and like have like our own sort of style of playing yeah. um and at least for us led, i mean and also you know in terms of influences it's not like we're just not you know we don't have influences but i say we just have more diverse range of influences and a much more diverse range of sound um and uh, the other thing too is just becoming influenced by things other than other music. Like obviously Sam and I are talking like about philosophy and stuff like that, but also like poetry and you know and um, yeah, things of that nature as well have become very important. You know, I've interviewed a lot of bands uh, that have started in college or earlier, and I feel like there's generally this kind of fixation, specifically in New York, or you know, not maybe just in New York, but just around the world. Like uh, there's there's a fixation on young bands, young in quotes, mm-hmm. and how this element of youth plays into music. And it's something that I'm guilty of because I used the word youthful as a descriptor for your single JFK in 2018 when I wrote about it for Alt Citizen. 
I was wondering if that's something that annoys you because it kind of limits your appeal, like by looking by people looking at you as a college band, or do you look at it more of a strength when it comes to the way listeners might process like your music and your worldview? I, I don't know. I like, I like. Um, it's weird because we're. I'd say we're definitely a young band for New York because mm-hmm. New York bands especially like in the little world that we we're in tend to be much older than us right yeah um but i wouldn't say we're a young band on the ground i'd say we're like a we're like the the age now i'd say like we're like the standard age that people are like in like you know cool bands at least bands that i'm into um so that's one thing but the other thing is i i don't know i kind of like that because i feel i like sort of having something to prove you know what I mean? In that in that realm, I like the idea that people don't necessarily take us seriously because then, you know, then I have a challenge <laughs> to work towards. Um, but, you know, yeah, I don't know. I like being young. <laughs> I don't want that to change. So that's good. Yeah. I like being young. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, let's turn our attention away from the past and towards the future. We're about to hear a brand new track from Ben Steller entitled Kids 1995, which I can only assume is an allusion to the Harmony Corinne film of the same name and year. Uh, what preface would you provide to listeners about this track before we bend our ears and give it a listen? Um, I wrote this song, um, or I, I wrote the basis of it um, and the lyrics, uh, or the, the basis of the lyrics. Um, that's how a lot of these work, you know, is yeah. it's like, it's just a, a little... Uh, oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, the song is about um, uh, solipsism. Um, and feeling that uh, everything might be an extension of yourself. Um, and that was something that I got uh, bombarded by, um, that idea, and it really freaked me out uh, for a period of time. And I'm, I'm be- I've am i been beyond it for a while. Been beyond it. Nice. I was going to say, uh, been beyond could be the tie-in that you have with meatless products. Like, if you- <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's excellent. We yeah. should try like we wait, but it's not beyond them. than anymore. It was at one point. It was yeah. Yeah. So now it's meat again. It's just yeah. meat again. Yeah. All right, great. It goes well, so beyond that it's just <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. meat. On that note, let's listen now to Kids 1995 by Vince Stiller off their forthcoming EP right here, right now on Local Bops. Dude, that is so funny. Like, <laughs> And we imagine we make it like in our apartment. Like, oh, it's like, yeah. it's so we like, take Beyond yeah, Meat and then so just put like, it's like actual meat in it. Yeah. It's yeah. coming out of the. Like, it's, it's being made in the Beyond top. Beyond Meat. It's, it's sitting yeah. there right now. Yeah, just it smells yeah. so bad. I watched the movie Kids and then had a dream about you and me. Where things are different. You're holding a camera. Second or a minute 
to think Or just forget it Cause when the time is right You just have to take it with you Jesus Christ It's like your time is naked And you feel alright I'm looking to good myself And so you stumble home Back in the basement And the rocks are cold But so is it It's 1995 by Ben Steller off their upcoming EP, which drops uh, later this year. Speaking of, let's talk a little bit about what's next for y'all as bands. I noticed in your Bandcamp bio, you have the words nihilist and optimist in there. Obviously begs the question of whether or not the next EP is titled Optimist, which I don't think is really a stretch. Um, or if you can't comment on it, that's also all right. It'll, you know, be, we, it'll be called Optimist. It will be called Optimist. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, you know, while we've been getting into the weeds with philosophy, uh, let's let's talk about it like is there do you look at this record uh or sorry this forthcoming extended play as sort of a, a the opposite side of like some of the themes that we hear on nihilism or on nihilist which yeah. tends to be a little bit more grounded or 
uh, reality facing, if you will. Um, and I guess, you know, yeah, take it from there, if you will. Yeah, I think we, because we have, um, originally, when we when it was once existing yeah. as an album, the first song was Nihilist, and the second song was Optimist, and like... The last song was Optimist. Sorry, uh, my bad. Last song was Optimist, and like, I, I kind of always thought that like, Optimist was like, the sort of response to the question made for it, and if you listen at the end of Optimist, it like, we reintroduce the riff from Nihilist, and it kind of becomes like this really cool harmony. So like... <laughs> I kind of want it to be like, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it, especially because I wrote those songs when I was maybe like 19 or something like that. It was still like a very like volatile, emotional period where like you experience very heavy bouts of one or very heavy bouts of the other. And I guess like the answer kind of, I'm answering the question to myself that you have to have like a harmony of both Mm -hmm. in order to like live a good life. And so that's kind of what that was supposed to be. Um, But in terms of how we divided it, um... I think, yeah, that was kind of the, the general gist is Optimist songs maybe are a little bit more... I, I don't I mean, know. Optimist has kids, though. Yeah. That's true. I think it's, I more, of a, I think it's more of a balance between, like, like, kind of, like, the mood of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think the way it's, like, listed right now for Nihilist and, like, the way it's going to be listed for Optimist is, I think, the track list of what the album was going to be. Got it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I think true, so. True. I mean, we were debating that for, like, a long time. Yeah. I think, like, I think that EP also sounds a little, like, brighter, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, like, tonally, at least, it's a little more oh. optimist uh, sounding. What, what else is on there? <laughs> uh, Mom Den. Mom right. Den Moses. Uh, yeah, that one's pretty bright. Nice. Yeah. What's optimist. the... No, there's one more. Knocked Out. Knocked Out. Knocked Out. Knocked out. Knocked out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, basically I'd, I'd say that's, this was sort of our thought process behind it is I think it'll be pretty clear once you hear it that Nihilist sort of has a sound to it and Optimist also sort of has a other slightly distinct sound to it. But they're from the same session. Same from the same session. Right. Yeah. 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 Kid A amnesiac type shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. On the, on the shoulders of giants. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. I'm actually like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear what Optimist sounds like, but you know, I'll just, uh, I'll wait like everyone else until it rolls around later this year. Yeah. Send it over. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, you know, and and, you know, to get to what Skylar was talking about, I feel like we all kind of walk that, uh, walk that line between optimism and nihilism in this wild world we cohabitate. Um, I guess, you know, on the eve of this tour departure, um, we can go around Red Robin. Like, how's it, is everyone feeling, leaning a little bit more optimist or nihilist today? Uh, <laughs> uh, I woke up today a nihilist, and what time is it? Seven, okay. Yeah, so almost 7.30, I'm an optimist now. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm just nervous. Just nervous? <laughs> you know. Nervous-tist. No. Yeah. I'm a, a nervous-tist. Um, no, I'd say I'm, a, I'm an optimist about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this summer, I don't know. This entire year, I've been like an optimist, but like, I think I'm, I'm like a closeted nihilist right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good band name. Closet, closeted nihilist. Yeah. Yo, I'm optimist AF right now. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sky rounded out. No, I'd say I'm optimist too. I mean, I was nihilist the morning before our show yesterday oh yeah because oh, yeah, yeah. i was yeah. nervous yeah, i was totally. very very that was like the biggest show we've played so i was really really fucking nervous oh can i is that allowed yeah yeah okay cool <laughs> i was really i was really nervous <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like the third time you've said that yeah, now, yeah. Like, uh yeah i was i was really <laughs> nervous so i would say curse, i was we can curse yeah. now <laughs> yeah yeah jizz <laughs> i was really nervous i was really nihilistic up until uh the show started 
And I'd say, like, once I saw Catcher go on, I was optimistic. I always loved seeing them play. And then, while we were playing, and then I was getting more optimistic. And then after it was done, I was like, that's, like, the most optimistic I've been in a long time. And I'd say that's still carrying over today. So yeah. Nice, yeah. When, when my mom told me it was a great show, I was very, Aww. very optimistic. That's very Shout sweet. Cecilia. Well, we've got one more track that remains to be played. A brand new one that's yet to be recorded. My Honesty. Tell me about this track before we wrap up the show and give this last track a spin. What should we know? Yeah, I, we kind of picked this one because we think it's a, I feel like it's a good bridge uh, between, it's definitely got a lot of the same elements of what our previous stuff was, but it also definitely sounds new. So that's kind of why, why we picked it. Um, but this was one of the first few, I believe, I think Sam and Nando wrote the like the riff of this and they showed it to me and they weren't down with it but i was like oh that's instant like that it's i think it's so catchy um <laughs> i thought it sucked at first but yeah like i love it today it's yeah. crazy um and yeah so we just we like banged it out i really it was pretty came really quickly if i remember correctly yeah this one was pretty straightforward yeah. i mean we still all of these songs they they get tinkered with right yeah of course yeah. but um and then and then you'll hear at the beginning of the song there's sort of a um a very different sound from what we usually do and uh that was this idea we had to <clears throat> incorporate elements of like bossa nova because uh, nando's got a big background in that um coming from brazil and growing up with deck music so we thought it'd be cool to incorporate some elements of that and and uh and that that sort of like gets at what nando was saying earlier about you know not limiting ourselves and and just like and we found like if it had sounded kind of canned, like we would have been like, okay, this is you know, let's not do it. Right. Um, yeah. But but we we tried it, and it just it is a really cool juxtaposition between yeah. the two parts. I'd say it's cool too, cause like yeah, like not just the intro, but like eventually in the song, there's also chords that like I would have never thought would have used in a Ben Stiller song. But, and I think yeah. the lyrics too. I I really I'm really happy with these lyrics. I think a lot of them were kind of like, um, like Sam and I both read like Siddhartha. <laughs> By like Herman Hess, which is kind of goofy to say, but um, like there's this whole part in the book how like he's talking about like like the like truth to like the universe or whatever, like the one universal truthness is something that can only be experienced and not talked about, and so that's kind of what the lyrics are sort of trying to get at is like sort of like this thing that you're always sort of looking around, but it's, it's kind of it's impossible to like you know to uh, contextualize it. Thank you. 
themselves down beneath the burned out remnants of the city they once called home. And on the cave walls they painted images of jazz and forged altars to the heroes of past. And they saw the best minds of their generation. Only a memory. Separated by screen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bops. This podcast was recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and produced by my partner in crime, Billy Coglin, a.k.a. Bilko. If you enjoyed Ben Stellar's performance, you can find all of their music at binsteller.bandcamp.com. Uh, be sure to follow them on Instagram also, at binsteller. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at localbops.com, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bob's Radio Hour every other Tuesday on kpis.fm, the Golden Stream. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, and Godspeed.